0: Introducing the Nexus 360, D'Addario's first rechargeable omnidirectional tuner. Visible at every turn, from any angle, no matter where you wind up. Nexus 360, built for your next stage. Alright! Hey everybody, this is Ted Drozdowski, senior editor of Premier Guitar, and I am with Hannah Wickland, Who is uh, playing Third and Lindsley in Nashville on this evening. It's going to be a great show, place is going to be packed out, live radio broadcast, totally awesome. And you're going to use that because that's your number one guitar.
1: This is, I love this guitar.
0: Well, should we start with this one then? Why don't you tell us all about this guitar?
1: Yeah, right? so this is my Tom Anderson, this is my, uh, they're like Strat style. Guitar, um, got a humbucker, two single coils, which I pretty much, pretty much mainly just stay on the bridge or go up to the neck pickup every once in a while um, for like some like smoother kind of stuff. Cool. Um, but yeah, this it's also got this 5 dB boost switch down here, which, nice. Whenever you go to take a solo, that comes in handy. Um, but yeah, this guitar is amazing. The neck is. Probably my favorite part of this and any other Anderson that I have—it's just the playability of these guitars is unmatched, in my opinion. The—the the neck just never moves. <laughs> and it never, it never, uh, it never strays, and it's—it's it's a beast. So.
0: And it looks like you've got jumbo frets on there in top condition. They yeah. look really nice, and yeah. it's a great finish. It's a totally cool instrument. Thank uh, you. Now you've been an Anderson player pretty much. For your whole life, right?
1: Yeah. For your I, musical life, anyway. Yeah, my musical, <laughs> my, my guitar um, existence has been very much so rooted in Anderson Guitars. I got my first one when I was nine. My my dad's buddy uh, was just he was had an epic collection of guitars and amps and just kind of had like this constant revolving door of stuff. And so he sent it over with my dad. I had just started playing guitar probably five or six months earlier. Mm-hmm. I'd, my my electric before I got into an Anderson was a Daisy Rock, so I really <laughs>
0: Daisy Rock.
1: I really I really went from uh, you know went from one tier to the next pretty quick, <laughs> um, which I was I was so spoiled. But he gave us like a wicked deal. Um, he knew I had just gotten started and I had played the guitars. And the thing about these necks is you know as a nine year old um, they're tapered and they're fairly slim, so. For my growing hands, it was actually a really great guitar to get started on. So
0: Cool. I noticed you don't have the whammy bar in that. Do you ever play with the uh, the tremolo? I,
1: I do. I do. It just didn't make it in. Okay. Uh, <laughs> it just didn't make But good good observation.
0: Yes. <laughs> it happens sometimes, you know? It does. I left it in the bag. I gotta,
1: <laughs> oh, shit. It's uh, in New York.
0: Oh, hey, oh. can I grab another guitar? Yeah. Let's yeah. Take Let's take one. a look
1: at this one.
0: I love the strap, by the way.
1: Thank you. I actually have got matching, uh, matching cheetah print (laughs) straps for both of my main guitars. Um, Yeah, so this is obviously this is the Cobra style um, by Anderson and more of their Tele style with humbuckers. And this guitar is so much fun to play. I really do love a rosewood neck. I mean, the maple is great. But this one, I feel like I can sometimes just dig in a little bit Mm -hmm. more. I feel a little more anchored on this neck. Um, but they're fairly interchangeable guitars, in my opinion. Um, obviously, you know, the humbucker situation. But this one screams a little bit more. This one definitely has a little bit more attitude uh, than this. The um, it can get a little wily, but... Uh, yeah, it's
0: got a very comfortable kind of weight to it, too, as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the
1: thing that's great about the Andersons, you can see it kind of on here and then uh, on the back here, but they're, you know, the cutaways, and mm-hmm. so they're so comfortable. They're just right sit snug, so. Yeah.
0: I like the, uh, I like the uh, finish on this one, too. Thank uh, you. And it's kind of weird. I'm trying to decide if it's some sort of, like, paramecium, going out that way, or if there are flames coming in this way. I feel like it works either way, you know?
1: Well, I always refer to it as the flame guitar. So okay. I think it, I, you know, I see it as the flames, which, you know, I've had to defend my honor when it comes to this guitar. Uh, you know, some people don't know if the flames, they, they just can't decide if it's cool or not. But let me tell you, the flames are really cool. And uh, yeah, they're hand painted. Um, and I, I love this and, guitar, And this One is also kind
0: way more practical than the Hendrix of Purge.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, let's not, let's not actually set it on fire.
0: <laughs> well, cool. So we just talked about guitars, uh, but I didn't ask you what strings you have on there. So why don't you tell us about the strings uh, and, you know, the gauge, the brand, the whole deal.
1: I've been using D'Addario's since uh, I was about nine as well. Um, but I use the NYXL's, 10's. I tried using 11's for a few months, but I made my way back to tens.
0: Yeah, tens yeah. are more bendy. That's they are more bendy. I'm a big I, bender. I think bendy is a technical term. So at least <laughs> it, is, it is with me, anyway.
1: <laughs> so it's a very official term. Yes.
0: Yes. Cool. Well, should we work our way over to the pedal board?
1: Let's do it. Fantastic. So let's just start with the orange overdrive, the the dirty channel from my amp. I've used the Rocker Thirty for about fifteen years and this overdrive is is kind of my go-to it's what i'm using um on a lot of rhythm sections for songs and um i really love it as my kind of my bass tone Mm -hmm. um i'm a big fan of adding different overdrives when it comes soloing time and to kind of just build your tone like that you know and uh so this this overdrive um here i'll play just for a second it's got a lot of a lot of depth, a lot of bottom end, which I love. I definitely have the the low end cranked a little bit on the dirty channel. Yeah, and the low too. end sounds great
0: on that amp, too. Thank
1: you. Beefy. Yeah. Beefy. So yeah, beefy. It's a good word for it. <laughs> so that's the orange, and then my uh, my other main pedal that I use, um, the main overdrive that I have, and I only play with overdrive. I don't really play any songs on clean. Um, but it's the Blues Driver. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I actually have the Keeley Modified Blues Driver. Cool. Um, which I honestly couldn't tell you exactly what they do in there to change it. But I do know that when a being them, I've, I've AB'd this one to, you know, like a standard Boss Blues Driver. Yeah. And it seems to just take, again, like that bottom end and just kind of, it rounds it out a lot more and it kind of gives it a little bit more depth. Um, and this one I use, you know, Blues Driver. I use it for some of the more bluesier um, kind of songs. And I, I really love to use it on my, on my neck pickup. And then I use it for a song of mine called Ghost, kind mm-hmm. of one of my more you know, bluesier songs. And I love to throw on the Plex with like a slap back delay. Um, I'll show you that real quick. So.
0: Cool. And what's great about the mod, too, is, you know, the blues driver is just a a ubiquitous pedal, so if you can actually put a different spin on it somehow and give you your own tone a little bit more, that's a cool thing.
1: Yeah, yeah, I definitely see, I I probably see more blues drivers on pedal boards than any other pedal, in like the rock sphere when I'm checking out other other players' pedal boards and stuff. That one's... A staple,
0: and you have another super popular one right next to it. You've got an archer pedal.
1: I do, which I I love. My my older brother has the real Klann, you know, which is I believe is fashioned after. Um, But the archer pedal is it's kind of my uh, it's 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 again mainly used as just a solo tone. Mm -hmm. So I really like to pair that one with the blues driver. It just kind of.
0: cool it's like you're getting a, a little bit more definition and clarity but also that nice big punch you know to put it right out front yeah Hit. and
1: it's and i i don't i don't use too much gain on that one i have this pedal set up a little bit more reserved so that it is almost just a little bit more of like a tonal boost with a little bit more grit but cool
0: cool yeah cool.
1: and then i really i don't use it very often but this MXR flanger uh, has been on my board for a long time. I think at this point I'm using it like once in a show, just as like a little bit of like a texture. Um, but it's so cool. It's a classic sound. It's a classic sound. And then uh, I really love the pog. Obviously, I like to use it tastefully and and not um, try not to overdo it. But I've I've pretty much been starting. Uh, all of my shows with a, a big Pog riff to kind of get get the thing going, which pretty much I always do. I actually go full obnoxious on uh, on the, the intro. I go orange, blues driver, Pog, and I use, this is when I I like to throw on the carbon copy. Nice. Delay. And I, I, I have two delay pedals, I keep, uh, I keep the Echo Plex a little bit more on the slap delay side of things, and then the carbon copy is more of that longer, epic solo tone kind of thing. But um, all of that stuff together sounds like this. <laughs>
0: Oh great! I love the bend of the pog. That's it's, really awesome.
1: Yeah, bendy. It's a. Know? It's bendy.
0: It's bendy. <laughs> it's bendy. You gotta
1: love the bend. I know. Um, and then I've had it on this entire time, but uh, another. I I don't play anything without verb, which the Rocker Thirty. This this orange amp doesn't have any verb channel, mm-hmm. um, so I. Picked out this pedal um, in Boston. My my brother was doing like the Berkeley five week program, and I was like nine years old, and I was I. It, that's why nine was a very important age <laughs> for getting my guitar tone together, guys. But uh, I I got this T Rex um, roommate verb, mm-hmm. which for the record. I did have my entire pedal board ripped off one time oh, after a show. Oh, no. Oh, it was the most heartbreaking thing. That is awful. Thing. Um, And so when we were rebuilding the board, I got the, like, the Roommate 2, um, like the second version that they had put out. Um, it's a tube reverb, you know, and um, I got to say, I went and... On eBay and found like two or three replacement uh, version one uh-huh. um, of these pedals to use and to have on hand, but it's my favorite reverb. I love it. It's warm. There's like I pretty much always have it on more of the like a long like a long haul setting, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. it's a little bit more just like
0: expansive. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Exactly. Um, and then. Pretty much the last pedal that I haven't taken you through is well, no, that's not true. I take that back. Um, of my more effecty overdrive kind of world, um, the Rotten Apple.
0: I was curious about the Rotten Apple. I haven't really seen that yet.
1: It's it's a very it's a very badass fuzz pedal. Um, it's super gritty and. Obviously, for fuzz, you really want. A lot of times, you're using it for some single note kind of stuff, and so that's what I. That's what I have this pedal for. It's for one song in particular. Um. Nice. And that's the Rotten Apple.
0: All right, that has a lot more tone than any other Rotten Apple I've ever seen. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I, my favorite, my favorite Rotten Apple,
0: sure. Yes, And you've got a uh, Jerry Cantrell Wah. You've I got the do. signature Wah, which I is do. cool.
1: Which that thing, it's it's, it's just a really great, it, it, it allows the tone from the pedals and like whatever I'm doing to just kind of sing a little bit more. Mm-hmm. I, I liked this Wah because it doesn't, it doesn't add too much on top of the tone. Which is great, and then my absolute favorite pedal, though I liked to save for last, um, is my talk box.
0: We did hear the talk box during sound check, and it was cool.
1: What
0: what made you pick up a talk box? Everyone does not use those.
1: No, uh, (laughs) I've I've learned that, um, but I was really lucky. My dad was a, a very big champion of mine early on. Um and he was showing me Joe Walsh ah. and Peter Frampton and Jeff Beck and um all of the masters of the talk box and so when we started out as a classic rock cover band when I was young, um, you know, we were doing Rocky Mountain Way and Sweet cool. Emotion and It's My Life. And so the Talk Box was originally um just a tool for you know, doing the the cover songs that required it. But um, I definitely absorbed it and kept it with me as I started pursuing you know, my original music and um, going more down that path. Mm-hmm. And the talk box is, it's, it's one of my favorite little tricks. I, I do like to keep it in my back pocket. I like to not overuse that, kind of like the pog. I like to be a little bit tasteful and only show it off once or twice. Uh, in a show.
0: Yeah, like I'm that. sure the first time it comes out it gets a great reaction from it people does. too, it which does, is awesome.
1: Which is why I always save it for the last song. Yeah, it's <laughs> nice to have.
0: It's nice to have a few of those things in your pocket. Yeah. It's totally cool. Yeah. Could you let us hear a little bit of it?
1: Yeah, definitely. Awesome. Oh. cool cool yeah
0: I have never tried one of those and I have to say you're inspiring me oh you've never
1: tried one (laughs) no one of these days I I, might
0: I might do that if it wasn't so
1: gross I would say go Uh, ahead and try it (laughs) in the the
0: age of COVID yeah yeah we never not want to share COVID.
1: Yes.
0: (laughs) (laughs) and you have a what what uh, tuner are you using as well
1: oh this is the strobo tuner which uh strobo stomp um which this is so cool because I the reason I got this tuner is is because I I'm recording my new album in 432. Awesome. And so this this pedal has a, a really great, easy capability of just you know, it's not too complicated to get to the 432 zone. So um, so yeah, I took yeah. me a second to learn because the strobo tuner is a new. It's like a different. It's a different thing, and so I had to, like, relearn to tune for, like, five minutes when I started using it. How does this
0: work? Yeah, I remember the big ones, you know, from the old days of being in the studio, and you'd have this thing whipping back and forth. You'd be mm-hmm. like, I got it. I got it. Get it now. You know, it's like... <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, it's a it's a different head game when you're yeah. tuning with one of those. But. It's
0: funny. Uh, Perry and I were just talking. Perry, who's one of the guys behind the camera, we're, and I were just talking about 432. Versus 440. You? So what yes. what has led you to record your new album? And I want to talk about your new album too. So let's do it. Cool. Talk about 432. And I know you've also got, uh, and as we say in the music journalism game, an eponymous album. Mm-hmm. You put out uh, the Psycho Babel single just before things kind of came crashing down for a little while. Yeah, they did. And and now you're working on this new album, and it's in 432 on top of it. So it is. give us the scoop
1: well uh pretty much the inception of it was i was really stoned and watched a really weird documentary uh one night with a friend and um i think there was some su- suggesting that uh like the nazis had something to do with 440 becoming <laughs> standardized tuning again i need to go That's through awesome. and, and do the uh full research of exactly what i watched that night because i don't remember but
0: you heard it here 440 <laughs> it's a nazi plot <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure.
1: And, uh, and so it was just very interesting because like when it got put in that perspective, whether that is 100% true or not, it was just kind of like, huh, I guess someone somewhere along the way really did make a decision that mm-hmm. 440 is standard. And it's very interesting because, um, you know, with 432, I love numbers, and 432 just in the sequence of the universe and as far as numerology goes and such, that number makes a whole lot of sense for a whole lot of things. And um, there's actually this this really cool experiment um, that you can do and, and you can look it up on YouTube. And they have like a plate of sand uh-huh. and they play music that is in tuned 440. And the sand is just going like crazy and it's just, you know, like jumping everywhere and it looks like mayhem. And then you see a plate of sand that is you know is hooked up to 432 and it creates the most beautiful perfect symmetrical design in the sand like it's just it's beautiful and uh when i saw that visual um inside of that really cool documentary um that was what really clicked and i was like you know what that's what i want to do and i remember it very well trying to learn all along the watchtower uh, and playing it along to Hendrix and trying to figure it out and it just always felt off like so, it just sounded off and um, I believe it's because he was playing in 432. Okay so I think that there's like you know some people out there and, and who we all know that have dabbled in the 432 game and it just seemed like a lot of fun and it made me feel like such a diva having to have the, the big grand piano in like two or three different studios being tuned from 440 down to 432. Big production. Uh, so that was kind of fun.
0: Well, so. does and also, does it feel different to you? You know, do do, you do things just seem a little more harmonious or in tune, you know?
1: They do. So there's two things that I, you know, one, one reason, too, why it was very easy for me and why I wanted to do it this way is because um, I'm from Hilton Head Island, South Carolina, mm-hmm. so I used to play... Uh, a lot of touristy kind of gigs and such, and so I'd be playing like nine, 10, 11 shows a week, and they were three and four hours each, and so some of them would be solo, and some of them would be with the band, and when I would play solo, I would tune my guitar down a full step, um, and then when I would play with the band, we were, for like years, we played half a step down, and it was just a little bit easier on my voice for you know for doing those like marathon shows, over and over again. Um, So then, when I thought about the 432 idea, I was just like, oh, like just within my voice, like I'm just singing flat um, by just those few cents and it makes a difference with my vocals, Mm -hmm. I've noticed. Uh, The other thing was something that I learned in the process of making this record, which is. Uh, I think a lot of us musicians who have, you know, recorded albums and spent a lot of time in the studio know that end of day headache mm-hmm. that you can get from, you know, having, paying attention, but mainly just like having loud speakers blaring back at you for like 10 hours, 11 hours. It's different than playing a show because, you know, you play the show, you're in it and then you're done. But when you're in the studio, there's just, it's more of like a constant like onslaught, you know, of sound. And I never got one headache. I never felt uh, very tired at the end of recording like I normally would. Mm -hmm. Um, So it just felt like I had a little bit more energy and just felt like it wasn't as harsh on the being.
0: Cool. Now, it sounds like you're, from your description also, it sounds like you're getting very close to finishing this new record. Are you you done or or very close? So
1: close, yes. I am very excited for this album to be finished. It's been a labor of love. I've had the songs written for three, three and a half years, Mm -hmm. the whole album. So uh, yeah, it's been, it's also been my favorite process and my favorite album in every facet of the word, so. Okay.
0: And and does it have a character that's different for you? Do you think like it's going to a different place? And and can you describe where that place is a little bit for us?
1: Yeah, I, I actually, there is a very big kind of shift, especially mainly in my Uh, perspective and like where I was coming from when I was writing the songs I'd say my last album that I recorded in 2017 I did it here in Nashville and it was um, it was was very much in the vein of the music that I had been recording and writing as a teenager because my band we we started recording and putting out CDs when I was 12 (laughs) and so you know, it kind of felt like I had just kind of snowballed into that last record. And with this new one, I kind of took a pause and, um, you know, I've always been the rock and roll uh, guitar player, singer. And I've always leaned more into the Janis Joplin side of vocals than Mm -hmm. the Joni Mitchell side of things, you know. And so uh, with this new album, it was kind of it was both intentional and subconscious. Where I leaned into my femininity, my femininity a little more. See, I can barely say the word. That's how uh, not used to it I am, um, but it's a lot. In a lot of ways, it's kind of like my coming, my like coming of age story. It's like me passing the baton from girlhood to womanhood. Um, so there's some really uh, more intimate, like ballad um, mm-hmm. songs that really strike a different tone to me. Um, but then I still have obviously my rock and roll edge and have those course. songs on there as well. But they they even seem like they're coming from a little bit more of a mature headspace. So um, yeah, it's and also very representative. It's like you know I showed you the flame guitar, yep. which I got when I was twelve, which I think very much uh, encompasses the first fifteen years of my you know musicianship with guitar and everything. Um, and then in the process of recording this new album, um, my, and I always said when I was a little girl that I never would play a pink guitar or anything. Uh, but I now have a, a, a pink Anderson Raven classic that is going to come out when I start playing this new record. So I think visually it, it's also kind of a cue. It's like I avoided pink for so long and now I'm like ready to, to invite that
0: that nature of things into my oh. life and my music. So, yeah. I have a pig strat. Do you? Yeah. Oh, we gotta we got jam
1: with the pink guitars
0: sometimes. Um, so, do you have a working title? Yeah, or anything like that? Or, or Not, maybe a, a target date for the release?
1: Um, get back to me on both of those. Okay, <sighs>
0: we'll do that. We, don't, we actually really will do that. Awesome, uh, I love that. And, and let's talk about this beast, which sounds great. great. Anything that roars that I can be next to makes me happy.
1: <laughs> I, I honestly, I I adore Orange as a company. I adore this amp model in particular. All of their stuff is great, but the thing about the Rocker Thirty for me is somebody who isn't in like the. I don't consider myself like hard rock, or I'm not in the metal sphere, which obviously Orange does very well. Yes. But the Rocker Thirty is that um, is that warmer? You know, you can you can just you can just play some like. Chiller shit on it and it really rings rings beautifully so.
0: Yeah, Peter Green was an orange person, an orange player so there you go there's a really great tradition right there. Yeah
1: there's some some really great uh, people out there that have rocked some oranges.
0: And you went from playing a rocker thirty combo to a head with a two by ten is that right? Yes. Okay and what was the reason for the change?
1: You know it was kind of just getting into some bigger spaces but also i just i think i wanted just a little bit more umph which you can get out of this cab um and sometimes i i do like to have i have a a second two by ten i actually have one closed back one open back this is the open back um but i like to have when i when i can i like to have both of those set up and and the closed back versus the open back also is a really cool phenomenon which uh, I love having both
0: when I can. It is nice. It's nice yeah. to be able to blend and mix your tones. It is. It's a totally cool thing. And it it's been great talking to you. Yes, thank you, you so much for taking the time to talk to us this afternoon. I really appreciate it. Thank
1: you for being here. I appreciate oh, it. My
0: pleasure. And thank you for being here with us as well. Make sure to keep coming back to Premier Guitar to see this rig running out a second time and then see all the other ones that we've got up on the website, will you?